With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Why the AI feedback loop could get ugly. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Chatbots like ChatGPT have gotten pretty good at generating text that looks like it was written by a real person. That's because they're trained on words and sentences that actual humans did write. They've pulled all that prose from blogs and news sites. But when you feed that AI-generated text back into the models that train a chatbot, after a while, it can kind of stop making sense. AI researchers have a term for that. It's called model collapse. Clive Thompson, author of the book Coders and contributing writer for The New York Times Magazine and Wired, says that could be a problem as more AI-generated stuff lands on the web. The problem with AI output right now is that it's really good, but it's sometimes just a little off. Like you're talking to ChatGPT and it's it's like it's sort of 99% there, but it's 1% inhuman in a kind of a weird way. And so what model collapse is, is those little inhuman things getting compounded and rolled up, right? Because the AI is being trained on a previous one. So it's kind of learning that weirdness and then it starts turning into a little snowball. Yeah, it starts to get really bad, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's like if you do it over several generations, you know, the first generation, it's kind of making sense. And the second one, it's starting to like, you know, just say odd words. An analogy might be if you were to take a, a famous painting or a photo like like the Mona Lisa or, you know, a picture of, um, of you know, King Kong on top of the Empire State Building and you were to photocopy it and then photocopy the photocopy and then photocopy the photocopy. Eventually, it starts to sort of look really weird because the photocopy is sort of, you know, 99% accurate, but that 1% inaccuracy will change maybe the contrast or the color, uh, make it a little too white, a little too black. And then after the hundredth time, you've got a really weird looking picture. And that's a little bit like what happens with model collapse. Walk me through how researchers discovered this phenomenon of AI model collapse. What was their process? Well, um, the researchers were, were interested in the question of um, right now there's people 
using ChatGPT and, you know, and Bing and stuff to create prose and they're posting that to the internet. And so they immediately thought, okay, well, if OpenAI is scraping stuff off the internet to train its next models, what's going to happen if they, if they start encountering a lot of AI written prose when they're scraping it? And so they thought, well, let, let's try and do it ourselves. So they, they sort of used, you know, the same techniques that OpenAI or, you know, or, or Meta or anyone will use to create a, a language model. And they basically fed it, you know, here's a bunch of human pros, 90% human pros, 10% machine generated pros. And they would create their model and then they would use it to generate pros. And, and they could see what would happen if they did that over several generations, sort of rolling the snowball three or four iterations. And they could see how progressively unglued it got. Mm -hmm. The researchers include this series of text paragraphs that show the degradation of text output over generations of AI models. And they start by inputting this paragraph about the construction of church towers in the 14th century. Nine generations of output later, the model spits out what is essentially gibberish. It reads like this. In addition to being home to some of the world's largest populations of black-tailed jackrabbits, white-tailed jackrabbits, blue-tailed jackrabbits, red-tailed jackrabbits, yellow, dot, dot, dot. And there are some at signs sprinkled throughout the text. Um, very weird. What is going on there? Well, basically... That is the the ninth generation of them taking the the output of a model and feeding it to a new model to train it. So a robot being trained on what a robot says, what a previous robot says. Um, and so essentially, all those little errors have compounded over and over again until by that ninth generation, that the bot is just completely, fully collapsed. It is no longer remotely answering the question or the prompt about a church tower. Um, earlier, if you were to look back, you know, it's earlier generations, you could see it. Okay. I can still talk about churches. And by the seventh generation, it's sort of, it's, it's got the word architecture, you know, in there at least, but it's, it's, it's vague. By the ninth one, it's just babbling about jackrabbits, right? You know, that, so that's, that's the, the, you know, the sort of 15th, 20th photocopy, you know, of, of the Mona Lisa with all the errors beginning to emerge. And what are the implications of model collapse? Well, the implications are that, you know, maybe all of these language models are over the next few years going to start to become worse and worse and worse, right? That's one possibility. Um, if model collapse is really a serious thing and OpenAI and Google and Microsoft and everyone just keeps on scraping the internet and feeding it to, to train their models, they, they could get much worse models and we could be using models that answer you know, even more unpredictably and even wronger than they do now. I doubt that's the way it's going to go because I think all these people that run these models, create these models, are going to see this happening and get very worried about it. And they're either going to not release a new model that's, you know, even more deranged than existing models. Uh, they'll probably try and find some way to, they'll find some way to cope with it or fix it, right? Like you could pay humans just to write new prose for you. You could say like, we, you know, I need, I need a billion more lines of stuff. Please just write stuff, write anything so that we can feed it the model. You know, that's, that, that's one thing they could do. The other thing is they could maybe try to, uh, save, you know, shards of the, of the older training data sets and use them to sort of freshen things up. There's a lot of different AI techniques you can use. And I think they're going to have to lean into discovering even new ones to cope with this over the next, you know, five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. What does model collapse say, do you think, about the relationship between these language models and human expression? 
I think model collapse really draws a bead on the incredible value of real human communication, whether that's an email or, you know, a blog post or, or, or a tweet. Um, because, you know, what, what this shows is that, you know, if you want to make a really good AI, you need real prose written by real humans. And there's clearly something, there's clearly some sort of lightning in a bottle that we have that the, that the AIs don't have, don't yet have, maybe we'll never have, we don't know. That's what Mala Claps really, really shows us. That was tech writer Clive Thompson. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.